Hello, this is the first of a recording that I'm doing for each section of the website that I've designed for On The Way. And this is the one that I'm going to be talking about as far as youth ministry goes. Youth ministry actually was the ministry that I became involved with when I first became part of the ministry team at my current parish. And I have to go back many, many years, even before I was a youth minister, because I always enjoy working with children. And it goes back to even my youth, my teenage years myself, coaching baseball and teaching religious education and all those types of things where I was involved with youth. And so it kind of was, that was kind of the genesis of my involvement with youth ministry. As far as youth ministry at my current parish goes, and as far as kind of launching me into ministry in general, I became a parish catechist almost directly after we moved out to my current parish. And I began teaching seventh grade. That was the grade that was open at that particular time. So I taught seventh grade for a number of years, and it was very fulfilling. Um, seventh graders are a unique bunch. You know, they, they, they have a unique perspective on life. They're not quite eighth graders, so they're not really looking forward that much to high school, but yet they can be very enthusiastic and oftentimes very wound up in a classroom, which to me was a very good thing. So that was kind of my introduction into youth ministry is more on the catechetical side. And as things, as time went on, um, I became more and more involved in youth ministry in my parish. And I always tell this story about how I actually got involved. So I never really was interested at certain points of my life in working with high school students. Um, I felt intimidated by them. I didn't feel that I was relevant in the things that I would say or the things that I would do um, because I really didn't lead a typical teenage childhood myself. Um, I was more mature. I, you know, I went to the high school seminary. So many of the experiences maybe that um, contemporary high school students were going through, I kind of felt that maybe they weren't the same experiences that I would have. But anyway, we were sitting at, I was sitting at Mass one day, and one of the teens got up after Mass and said that they were looking for a male chaperone to accompany them to NCYC, which was the National Catholic Youth Conference. And that particular year, it was in St. Louis. And so they were looking for a male chaperone. And, and I remember thinking to myself, well, I'm going to pray on this, but um, I hope that they, you know, I hope they find somebody. I hope that somebody steps forward. Well, as it turned out, nobody did. And the next weekend, the girl got up there again and she did the same spiel. And she kind of said, this is important for us. We're not going to be able to go if we don't have a male chaperone. So please, please, someone step forward. And it was at that moment that I kind of felt the tug of the Holy Spirit kind of saying to me, okay, you need to get involved. And so I volunteered, and the rest is kind of history. Um, 
And that's where my involvement kind of in youth ministry began. Well, as time went on, um, I became the parish's part-time volunteer youth minister. And then as time went on as well, I became the parish's youth minister on a part-time basis as well. But I spent many, many years working with kids and working with teens at the parish. So as time went on, I took various trips with them. I would go to a number of NCYCs with them. I would go to um, the World Youth Days twice, once in Toronto where I took a group of teens, and then also I took a group of teens all the way to Germany for the World Youth Day there in 2005. So it was really something that I enjoyed doing, and we focused, our youth ministry focused on high school students, but we also focused with junior high and worked with junior high as well. So I was always involved in the school. I was always working with kids there and working in religious ed, and I continued in the catechetical role that I had. But I'd like to talk for a minute about why I feel like I'm still relevant. You know, at the current time of this recording, I'm 57 years old, and most people would think to themselves, well, what's a 57-year-old deacon have to tell a teenage um, student nowadays, and how relevant is what I'm going to say going to be to their lives? Well, I think I'm very relevant, and and, and there are three main reasons why I think I am, and I'd like to talk a little bit about them. I I do talk about them in an article that I have put and posted up on the website as well, a blog post, but um, I'd really like to talk about those three things in this uh, podcast as well. So the first is the wisdom. You know, sometimes um, we look at, at our older people and we think to themselves, think to ourselves, well, they're out of touch, you know. They don't know anything that's going on with today's youth. But I could tell you that there are many, many experiences that I have gone through in my life and the lives have gone through with my children and now my grandchildren that I can look back on those experiences and I can say that I can add a certain amount of wisdom to a situation. And, And there are situations in life where that wisdom is applied across the board. It doesn't make any difference whether or not you were a teenager like me growing up in the late 1970s, early 1980s, or is it someone that, you know, that is growing up here in 2020, many years later, 40 years later. So it's important to realize that I think that I bring a sense of wisdom into any kind of situation, any kind of encounter that I have with youth. The other thing that I I bring, I think, is that I bring empathy. You know, there are certain human experiences that are just common, you know, being able to want to fit into a group, you know, that's something that not only was something that I was dealing with and that my contemporaries in 1970, early, early 1980s were dealing with, but I think that the teens are dealing with them today as well. And so empathy, being able to understand what they're going through. And I always tell the story, It's this is on one of the retreats that I give, it's called the Freshman Survival Retreat, 
But I tell the story about how on my first day of high school, my first few days of high school, actually, I wasn't able to get my locker open. And the reason why I wasn't able to get my locker open was because I didn't know how to go about doing the combination. And I had never done a combination lock before. And so this was something that was new to me and it was very foreign. And I was afraid because I was relatively shy. I was kind of afraid to ask. And so um, to go to finally have someone like a sophomore, which would happen in my case, show me exactly how to get into my locker, that was huge. And I have to tell you, even though it might not be, you know, a fear nowadays of some of the kids in 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 our contemporary society, there are certain experiences that you just kind of think to yourselves, boy, as a kid, they're thinking about those things, you know. How am I going to react with my friends? You know, how am I going to, am I going to be able to find my classes where they are in this big, huge high school that I'm never, I'm not used to? You know, all of those things are common experiences. And I think that I have a certain empathy for those experiences. And so that's why I think as another relative or another reason why I am relative today. And then the final reason is, is because I pray for these children every single day. And I look at them and I'm always make myself available to them. I might not be, you know, as, as the best athlete as I once was, or I might not be, you know, the best, at, the best at interacting with them as far as games or music or things like that as I used to be. But I certainly, certainly can pray for them. And I certainly can let them know that they are loved and that I care for them no matter what, and that I am their advocate and that I am in their corner, not only when it comes to their intellectual and human development, but also, and most importantly, their spiritual development. And so if I am able to bring them closer to God, I think that that is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. So those are the three reasons why I think I'm relevant. And so when I look at what I can provide the youth ministry programs today that are out there, I think a number of things is that the first thing that I could do is I could talk through. In other words, I can talk through with a parish youth minister or I could talk with a youth ministry team and kind of understand exactly what they're, where they're coming from in their particular parish community and then be able to adapt a program and to work on ways of maybe tweaking a program that's going to make it so much better for the current program that they're coming to me for. And then also, I have a vast experience with my background in liturgy as, and as a deacon. I have a vast experience, amount of experience in designing of teen worship experiences, whether they be prayer services, whether it would be starting a teen mass, all of those things are important to me and all of those things I have experience with. And so I look forward to doing those types of things um, on a more regular basis. And then I think the programming part obviously will take care of itself. So I can provide, and, and this is on the website, on the page of the website, I can provide a myriad of different types of retreats, both for junior high and for high school age students and for parish or for, um, for staff development, for youth ministry team development. 
And if that retreat that you want to do is not listed on the area that you see up there, um, maybe there is one that kind of adapts or kind of will show um, exactly the type of retreat you would like to, to run. Or there is an opportunity, and there's always an opportunity to design a retreat experience for your teens based on what you want, based on what you need. And so I have a vast majority or a vast um, amount of resources and things that I can use and that I can draw from to kind of help with retreat experiences. Then I can also give a lot of retraining in in liturgical ministry. Um, so lectors, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, um, all of those things are ways that I can go about training the people in your youth ministry so that they can go out and they can not only be a big part of the parish's liturgical ministry, which is so important as far as a visual, a visual um, as seeing the teens, but it's also so important when we come to talk about what liturgical ministry is, that it involves the whole parish community and not just a group of adults that have been doing it for so, so long. And then also... Um, you know, we talk about, we kind of process this a little bit, but um, it's important to realize that we can, I can do days of reflection. So I can do days of reflection for leadership teams. I can do days, days of reflection for um, the team itself or the, the young people that uh, are involved in the team. And then also, um, because of my vast experience with traveling and with doing, planning various trips, not only um, NCYC and World Youth Day and the March for Life, I'm able to design and help design service experiences and planning and executing of those service experiences as well. So if you're looking to do something, that's kind of what some, what I could provide to you. Um, I think the first thing, the first question we all have to ask ourselves when it comes to youth ministry nowadays is, is is my parish youth friendly? You know, all of us would like to say that we're youth friendly, but are we really youth friendly? You know, do we confirm our children with the sacrament of confirmation in eighth grade and then we tell them, well, no, you can't really get involved in anything until you're 16? Well, that's a, a two-year period, um, you know, an interim period where, you know, we've been telling the kids for so, so long that, you know, they're part of the church and this is what they need to do to be part of the church. And then they graduate or they become, you know, they, they get confirmed and they're fired up about wanting to learn and wanting to do something. And we tell them, no, we have to, we have to wait until you're 16. And that is discouraging. And that causes them then to walk away or tell, causes them to go to a parish or maybe even another church that's going to welcome them with open arms. So it's important for us to be more than that. And Mass is really where that, that comes from. Mass is the most important thing that we do as Catholics. And it's so important to real, for, for the students to realize that. And so we have to look at the Mass and we have to say that the Mass at our parish, you know, is, are the young people included? Are the young people included? And how can we go about making that happen if, if, it, if they haven't at this point in time? So can we ramp up our music a little bit? 
Can we get them involved in more ministries? Can they be on parish councils? Can their hom- the homilies that are given at particular times be geared more towards the youth instead of just adults? So again, trying to make it so that the youth is, are an important part of the parish, and that is very, very visible. And so this is, you know, it's not just a gateway that the youth are an important part of the parish and are part of what goes on there. And so the youth should be integrated into every ministry that happens. You know, there should be youth altar servers and there should be youth um, lectors and there should be youth extraordinary ministers and so on. So this goes to, again, you know, kind of a, a, a word of the day type of thing that we talk about in the church today, but it goes up to the whole notion of making young people disciples. That's how we make young people disciples, as we get them involved. We say, this is your parish, get involved and do something. It's all about the experience. It's all about the experience. When we give kids and we give young people a good experience of church, then it's something that they feel good about. That's something that I feel good about my church. I feel good about my parish. And it's someplace where I want to be. It's a choice that I'm going to make, even though you know I might be super busy with work or with school and different other activities. I'm able to say, yes, I'm going to make that time, that hour out of every week in order to make that, that, that commitment to God and commitment to God and receiving him in the Eucharist. And so that's how we make disciples, is that we go about and we say yes, that, you know, that the decision-making is even more important and that we value the, the opinions and the ideas of the um, young people. And we're not afraid, and this goes to another big thing, too, with young people today. As adults, we are not afraid to talk about the issues that they are facing. So the LGBTQ movement. We're able to talk about that in an honest way, never ever compromising church teachings, but always going back and having the dialogue. And so it's, it's, it's those issues. It's the abortion issue. It's bullying. It's stress, stress with school, stress with relationships, stress with different types of things that t- kids nowadays have to go through. And all of these things are hotbed topics. But many times as youth ministers, we step away and we don't want to talk about them. So I hope that this particular podcast has been somewhat helpful um, to kind of explain my vision of what youth ministry is about, a little bit of my background in youth ministry and where I'd need to, where we would need to go. So please go ahead and check out the website, check out some of the things that I can offer a youth ministry program, um, not only in terms of working directly with youth, but also coaching and doing things with youth ministers themselves so I can offer some of the things like my wisdom and my empathy and my prayers certainly to the youth ministry program as well and to the youth ministers that work with the teens. And so I hope that this podcast has been helpful to you and I continue to pray for you and for youth who are the not just the future of the church but youth who are the church today and they are called to be members of the church today. They're called to be members and to stand around the altar of God just as much as an adult does because they are part of, through their baptismal call, they're part of Christ's church.